man. My name is Matthew Kroll. And can you speak up? It's hard to hear you with that pity dick in your mouth. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Deadpool 2. Did you know we did Deadpool at episode 30 and we are at episode 160 now. So it's been a hundred and oh, it's 161. I think it's 161. Let's so, check. Let's check the math. So it's been 131 episodes since we did the last Deadpool. And also just to note, 161 episodes. We're wrong. Good. We're wrong. This one is 162. Oh, there you go. And <laughs> what we've learned is I'm bad at math and general counting. Look, I mean, I think it makes sense because we're adding one because we're going from Deadpool 1 to Deadpool 2 and I'm trying to logic my way so out of this problem and I don't think I'll be able to do it. Well, and I also just want to say that we're updating our general data protection regulation at this point as well. So if everyone's listening in, we are doing that thing that everyone does. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and we're recording in mono. Ooh. We're trying to cut down file size. So yeah. if anyone notices a difference or cares, write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com and let us know all of your audio tips and tricks. I think we should, in, in the spirit of Deadpool, make this a very inside baseball kind of episode. Where okay. Like we're only just talking about things that have to do with the podcast. I, well, <laughs> well, I mean. There's Which a, is nothing. No, there's a lot. Hey, there's yeah. a lot that goes on with this podcast. We are here in uh, the the Only Movie Podcast studios. Yeah. Uh, it is now 11. No, what am I saying? It's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning uh, on in the year of our Lord, Friday, uh, whatever date it is. And we're just we're just doing it. You see how boring that was. <laughs> you see how boring that is. Yeah. I know. Well, we're going to get into the into the movie with that in mind. Um, uh, Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm uh I I was psyched I got an actual chance to see this movie. Actually, <clears throat> not to go right back into our meta conversation, but this this podcast and all you dear listeners who 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 do tune in every week makes it a, a real uh, sticking point for me, obviously, to keep seeing films. Now, granted, we were in a little bit of a of a summer blockbuster sort of thing coming through soon, but we got a couple films coming up that do not fit into those uh, thankfully that general <laughs> genre. Um, but what I'm saying is, I really appreciate that this this doing this podcast for all of you keeps me honest and keeps me going to the movies or seeing cinema in general. Because as we get older in our adult lives, uh, we just start losing time. I, I it's funny you said it. That was actually going to be like one of the first things I was going to talk about was was the fact that honestly, I don't think I would have gone to see this movie had it not been for the podcast. Right. Like, I, I don't think I, I, I it wasn't even it wasn't on my radar as something I got to go check out. And and I and it's weird now because I can't I, I was trying to think back of all the movies we've seen, which ones I wouldn't have actually gone to see had it not been for the podcast. And I, and I think really, honestly, I would have fallen off the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course. Like, probably around Thor The Dark World. But I dragged you kicking and screaming. <laughs> to every single one. And I was like, I was like, oh, if it wasn't for the podcast, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I, no, I, I was no. like, it's kind of an interesting thing. If it wasn't for the podcast, that this whole, like, massive global blockbuster event would have completely slipped past my radar. And yeah. I was like, oh, what would I be watching if it wasn't for the podcast? And I, it was kind of an interesting thought experiment. I mean, it would have been your version of Harry Potter for me. What's that? Because like, I, did, I didn't see the movies. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I saw them all in one day eventually. Yeah, and but and yeah. it's funny, though, like how irrelevant 
Harry Potter is to today, right? Like it's really not though. You're looking at the the Tonys, the the awards of uh, the Cursed Child on Broadway is that and Mean Girls and another play that is was used to be a movie that I'm blanking on. They're all like the top like nominees. Right? I guess so. I was thinking about Fantastic Beast and how like oh that doesn't oh, yeah. feel, you know like it's like Harry Potter and but it doesn't really matter that Harry Potter was a thing. And I kind of like that Harry Potter ended. Like it was like we're done one and done bang but I, then but then of course they brought it back with of Fantastic course Beasts. i love an ending and yeah. and actually speaking of an ending even before we get into deadpool 2 because i doubt this is the end of that yeah uh there we had a uh an email uh by mihai uh friend of the show asking about a series that is that one of my end. favorite things because it ended uh mihai writes um he wants to know uh a couple things first uh, I know the podcast says it's about movies, but is there any chance we will get a podcast about Cowboy Bebop? He's heard us mention Bebop, Cowboy Bebop, and he's just started watching it, his email says. And uh, I think that that is a, um, you know, time time permitting, I think that'd be an awesome thing to do because that is uh, one of the seminal, I feel like, uh, animated television shows still in my top five narratives of all time <laughs> section I would uh, watch in that. my brain. I would totally watch that. Uh, I feel like I don't know a lot about like anime or, you know, like mainstream anime. I know like a little bit about the things that kind of make it into our world, like your name. Yeah. Um, so I would be interested in like learning more. So it, I think that would work for me. It's a really good jumping off point. It's how I actually started watching anime and I've fallen off in recent years. Um, but it's it's such a I, it was between that and like some random thing that like didn't take off. And I was in a, like an old um, Hollywood video or what are the, what were those video stores in the mall? The DVD stores. Oh, like oh, Sam God. Goody's. It was like a Sam Goody or something like that. And I was holding uh, one of Cowboy Bebop and one of some other random thing. And I just randomly picked Bebop because of the art on the cover was more interesting. And it took me into a like and the other one. The other thing I later learned was just like a big pile of hot garbage anyway. So yeah. like I randomly picked the right one. And that's what got me into sort of good storytelling through anime. So I would love to do that uh, time permitting. He also asked, um, is there a chance we will get a special episode of, with you two talking about your lives? I feel like we do that anyway. Yeah, uh, like, I think we just demonstrated how boring that would yeah. be. Um, I, 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 I don't think it would be that interesting. I mean, if you have specific questions, I think, and I think this would relate to like possibly how our work relates to what sure, we do. Sure, and, sure, you know, sure. we both work in the industry, and you know, things we've learned in the industry. If you have specific questions about uh, our work, I mean, you can ask us questions about your, our lives as well. I just don't think there's much there to talk about. Yeah. Um, but email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Yes. And thank you, Mihai, uh, for the question. Uh, Laura also writes in, and I think, and I feel, I feel like now that you got that you did thirty-one, what was it thirty-three hours of the uh, Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe? Thirty-eight hours. I have minutes. carte blanche now to like make you watch whatever I want you to watch. Um, so I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm in the mood. Yeah, really. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't uh, on the podcast? Why can't we now not do other things that are? Oh, we long, we long form. Oh, we a hundred percent can. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, but then, but keep in mind i watched those films you didn't watch those films in order but hang on you watched them for uh, a repeat uh, as a repeat i did watch them for the podcast not all of them in the beginning no but i have seen them all yeah, yeah. so that was it wasn't like i was like continue you, your you, thought what are you, you thinking know. um so laura asked us if we could do the before trilogy which would be three yeah, movies I'd by like richard Linklater, uh which i think uh which i watched last year and they were probably the best thing i saw last year so i would be totally down to watch that and, and talk and think about that again um and uh and there's a lot of uh the the, the Cannes film festival just announced their awards this year uh hirokozu karita won uh for his film shoplifting which mm -hmm. is really exciting because he's one of my favorite filmmakers right now so to 
to know that um, his work is out there. And there's a new Japanese Blu-ray release of all his work coming out soon. Oh, nice. So I would be really interested in doing that, uh, a Karita retrospective uh, at some point. Uh, if you have any other requests, we uh, Laura has requested films for us before that we are failing to uh, to fulfill. But we but we do appreciate you sending us the request because we, we do have them on a docket. We have a document here that, that has all of those in. And so we know we've got to get to Carol. We know we've got to get to Inception. We know we've got to get to uh, the Before Trilogy as well. So we're, we are going to get through all of these eventually. We might, maybe we have to release a side project or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we needed to do a side project. We just release bonus episodes when we have time to record them. And I think uh, everyone's been so good about asking for these requests uh, and, and we just haven't had the time <laughs> to do it. Uh, but we will. We will talk about all of the things uh, one day, perhaps uh, once, once some things settle down on all of our parts. Until then, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the movies and we're going to see Deadpool 2. Hey! <laughs> and, and I think it is actually fun revisiting, uh, Deadpool given that it was, I think, um, I was, I, I, I went back and listened to our episode 30 on Deadpool and oh. I was like, it was, I feel like there was a tone of civility about that episode when I listened to it where I was like, oh, I think this is the point at which Matt and I kind of started realizing we have differences of opinions that we're not going to change each other's minds about so we're just going to like state our own opinions and try to you know try to basically say what we want to say without getting into too much of a heated argument that that of course we, there are plenty of cases where we get into heated arguments but this was one where there was like an air of civility knowing <laughs> knowing very clearly that Deadpool was not something I was Super into, but in fact, if you listen to that episode, I I, I wasn't. I, I kind of, I think overall liked the film. I just mm. had issues with it. Um, so it was an interesting episode to go back and revisit. And it's interesting to come back to it now and see how we've changed and how we've grown. If you'd like to see how how we've we've grown, how we've flowered into the beautiful adults that we are today, yeah. uh, you can listen to the old Deadpool episode thirty, and then listen to this one, uh, Deadpool two. <laughs> um, I think as far as our clashing goes, we go in 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 waves. It mm. feels like. Where where we'll we'll yell at each other a bunch for a couple episodes, and I feel like we come down and we're just like, no, like I respect everything, and then something will be a catalyst. Yeah, there'll be one there'll be one phrase that'll just like sit either of us off, where it'll be like, hey, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, and yeah. then and then it will be that will be the touching point to escalate the next six, six episodes, yeah. no matter what the episode is. So we're we're like the ocean, is yeah. what I'm saying. It's like a married couple, basically. You know, yeah, that's fine. Um, but well, speaking of um couples, and yeah. speaking of Deadpool two. Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to this is going to be a hard podcast to talk about things in generalities before going into spoilers, okay. I feel like, um, because I wanted to talk about the the Wade and Vanessa are kind of first, but that's a little bit uh, spoilerly spoilery right off the bat. Okay. Uh, do you have any objections with? Um, well, how about this? Read. Give us the synopsis. Tell us what Deadpool 2 is about. And sure. then why don't we kind of just give like general should you go see this? Should you not go see this? General thoughts about it before we get into really specific. And I think the specifics are going to be from the very get go. So yeah. we'll just do general thoughts. Quick. You know, Shahir, you're very good at this. Have you done this 161 times before? Barely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, here we sleep and draw drunk for most of them. <laughs> okay. Foul mouth mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy with supernatural abilities from a brutal time traveling cyborg. Cable. Cable, as teased at the uh, in credit sequence of the of last Deadpool film, they, they fulfilled that promise. And this is directed by David Leach, who mm -hmm. directed John Wick in Atomic Blonde. It's even credited in the credits of this film, directed by the guy who, who killed, killed John Wick's dog. Spoiler for John Wick. Well, <laughs> come on. Um, Matt, general thoughts. Go ahead. 
Uh, okay, so I think uh, this film in in general, I was not. I was real excited for the first Deadpool, but I mm-hmm. think I fell in love a bit with the 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 story of Ryan Reynolds trying to get it off the ground mm-hmm. and eleven years and 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 he being just the perfect person to play it and then getting the chance to play it in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine and then butchering <laughs> that. Yeah, and, you know, it's just it, the, the whole arc of the entire thing. Then the leaked tape. Yeah. Um, uh, then they got funding, then they got $11 million and they lost like 700,000 in the last like two weeks. So they had, or before they shot. So like they had to like cut out the big action scene at the end. That's why Wade leaves his guns in, uh, in the cab. Right. So like, there's a lot of like movie making meta shit behind this meta character in this meta film Yeah. <laughs> that I really latched onto. So this film, because you know, once you're not the underdog anymore, it's a little hard to sort of get psyched about those, about anything in that same week wheelhouse for me mm-hmm. like look no one's after the huge successful of deadpool one mm-hmm. no one was thinking this was a gamble anymore yeah and no one and, and it was not um uh, it was not treated with the same like oh my god can you believe this is happening everyone's like of course this is happening this course, prints yeah. money yeah um so i wasn't psyched I, yeah, okay. I I actually even forgot that it was coming out. I knew it was coming out in this sort of window of time, but I didn't really remember the date. Yeah. Uh, like, and it was a little bit, I, I was, I was sad that I wasn't excited. Do you think you're suffering from superhero fatigue? Um, maybe, but, uh, my doctor says it happens to a lot of men my age, yeah. so I don't really want to give it a Your name. Your girlfriend says it's not a problem. It's, it's not a, a problem yeah. because we're very much in love. Right. Um, no, I, ah. <sighs> Because I've noticed this about you recently. I think after the the whole 31 hours of, of the Marvel thing, you seem to have like... 38 hours, 17 minutes. You don't want to seem to talk about it as much anymore. It feels like it's got, it's all out of your system now. Or uh, And the fact that you weren't that excited about Deadpool was kind of... So, uh, yes. I think I've gotten to the point, especially with Infinity War, mm-hmm. that... I've put a lot of weight and time and emotional well-being is riding on the fact that this will this whole journey will pay off. Yeah. And it's 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 the, it's the top of the first drop of the roller coaster in a weird way. I know that seems 10 years. That's a long ride up a roller coaster, but that's what it's kind of been doing for me. Yeah. And if the roller coaster goes off the rails, I've invested a lot of time going uh, vertical for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's. I I think it's more of a to be honest a bit of a nervous thing. Um okay. uh it, it, you know if it's bad it it's going to not only be bad in the end of it but it's kind of going to retroactively like I said in our Infinity War podcast check that out. It's going to retroactively affect the way I think about all the films. Right. Now granted X-Men, Deadpool, they are out of of canonical Marvel stuff and I think I've been kind of done with X-Men movies outside of Logan for a little bit. Um and Deadpool literally just makes fun of the X-Men universe. So I, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of parody and I love, I love when things are cut down intelligently. Yeah. And Deadpool one did that. And I think, I think overall Deadpool two did that. I think Deadpool two, um, even though it had not this, this sort of like underdog story, even though the creator, the co-creator with Ryan Reynolds of the first one sort of left mid movie and there was Tim a Miller. little, yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of a uh, contention or I don't know if there was contention, but there was um something didn't feel entirely right there. I was like, oh no, like, is this thing going to collapse under, like, could it only exist as this like scrappy thing? Yeah. Um, But I really think uh, this film does Deadpool better. Okay. Uh, and I think, 
I think one did the reason, like the reason why I thought Deadpool one again worked was because they only use Deadpool really for like a third of the movie and yeah. they cut back and forth and they do a very like every time you're about to get too sick of Deadpool, they cut to a, a flashback or something else that happens and it keeps you sort of invested and not annoyed at the character who the character's annoying. That's his thing. Yeah. Um, he's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. So the this film, I really. I thought they actually gave it more meat on its bones than just look how wacky Deadpool is around yeah. this generic superhero story. Okay. This is a story in Deadpool too. Um, granted how they get there might be questionable, but this is the kind of story and I'm talking about not, not, um, not dialogue story plot mm. that X men movies used to be and should be about it's about abuse it's about belonging it's about um how people can be affected by their pasts mm -hmm. uh their persecution there's there's a lot of sort of things in this script and again i'm not saying I, I said the word about that might be a little counterintuitive there are tones of all of that in this script mm -hmm. and because it's in the x-men universe it makes sense to do that there um i think x-men hasn't really done that since x2 yeah or what about Days of Future Past? Not really. There's, I mean, like, there's no, like, they, there's always, like, talk of, like, governments coming for mutants, but it's never, like, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel visceral. It doesn't feel like you're, like, like you're watching a persecuted people outside of any scene from Magneto's past in the concentration camps. And even uh, the way that they treat the character of uh, Firefist, played by, by uh, Hunt for the Wilder People's Julian Dennison. My boy from New Zealand. Yeah, he's from my high school. Is, it, everyone's from somewhere. It's, it's literally I, replace I Kevin Bacon because with Shahir because he knows everyone. Everyone in New Zealand. Uh, if you're ever playing that game in New Zealand, yeah. it's just Shahir down. So, and it's less degrees. It's actually only five degrees. Oh, it's like usually two. Yeah. Um, well, you're from an island. Yeah. Um, so I think the way that that character is, is treated in particular is like a super X-Men story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's basically abused in a, by the institution, by, by the people that are enlisted to protect him. And then Deadpool in this film uh, gets thrown into it based around a couple other things we'll talk about later. And he now realizes that, you know, the, the system's a little bit fucked up and he wants to rescue this kid. And of course, in a Deadpool fashion, he does it completely wrong. Awfully. 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 Let's call it awfully. Cause I won't even call it wrong because the things he does are things that uh, highly emotional, non not people that aren't looking at a giant macro picture would do. Um, but, but his intentions are good as most things Deadpool does weirdly, all of his murder and rampage, his intentions, uh, tend to be, uh, in the right place in the beginning. He's just nuts. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just, I thought that the, the undertones of a lot of that stuff in this film, even even though um, they were that they were undertones, they were poignant and they took and they gave me enough or more, I'll say, of a grounding point to care about the actual plot of what was happening in a Deadpool movie that way more than I did in the first one. The first one's enjoyable mm -hmm. because it's fun and funny. This one is fun and funny, but there actually is something that it's doing under the hood. 
Mm-hmm. And I liked that. So, I mean, that's my sort of, I guess, without spoilery, spoiler-ish stuff, uh, my really first thoughts about the film. Okay. You? So, uh, so meta-commentary here. Uh, I had a tough time with this movie because of a couple of, uh, because of one reason. And it was, and the thing that was tough about it for me was the exact same reason that it was tough in the first time I saw this. And it has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, it has to do with the fact that I went and saw it uh, in the Dolby Digital Theaters in no. uh, New York, no. which is lovely. Uh, really loud, really great sound, vibrating seats, you know, like amazing picture, very bright. But I walked in and in the first, in the front row of this film was a baby. Uh, a mother had brought a baby who was sitting upright, uh, you know, sucking on a pacifier. And this baby must have been a year old, uh, if not less, um, alongside her other child who was, um, I don't know, you know, a young girl who was probably like, seven or eight or something like that. So um, we've had this conversation before about um, parents taking their babies to films. You know, like we don't, I I don't want to be judgmental about that. I know how difficult it is to be a parent. Uh, I know, you know, like people, you know, I'm very pedantic about, you know, the media diet that my son um, takes. So I'm, uh, you know, but that's me. That's a a personal hang up of mine. Mm So I don't want to ever uh, suggest that, you know, the way I do it is the way it should be done or anything like that. And I don't want to suggest that the way I'm about to say what I'm about to say <laughs> is is indicative of me, you know, trying to tell people how to raise their kids or anything like that. But what it did do um, was that as this film unfolded with uh, copious amounts of blood, with copious amounts of violence, with copious, uh, you know, you know, and the th- I, I found it difficult to watch knowing that there was a baby in the front row mm-hmm. that was being bombarded by these images. And it was a pristine print. You know, it was at the Dolby Digital Cinema. So it looked amazing. It sounded amazing. And in the front row, that baby's neck is just careened up. Yeah, looking at at basically a loud bombardment of images, which I'm sure they can't process properly. No, but it's uh, not comfortable. But I'm it's sure. not comfortable. And 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 the thing was is uh even aside from that, I found the film to be kind of bombarding and I got exhausted by it. So then whenever I felt exhausted. I was like, I, all I could think about was this baby in the front row. And I, and I think, you know, like, I, and again, this has nothing to do with the movie, the move, the onus on the film to respond to this. It, there's no onus on the film sure. to respond to this, but the, this, you know, happened right after the Santa Fe shootings. Uh, and, and I started, you know, I, I think we have had a little bit of a conversation. Uh, I, I'm very interested in the relationship between media and and public action. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very interested in the way in studies on um, on the way violence in cinema affects people. And most of the studies uh, there there's 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 always a conversation here about correlation and causation. Uh-huh. Uh, most of the studies suggest that there is very little causation, which is the people don't tend to watch media and go, I'm going to go do that. Uh, there is correlations, which, which requires a dual party, uh, um, uh, so two parties need to come to the table and, and yeah. for, for causation to happen. And what that means is, uh, a person who's sort of susceptible to violence or has some sort of social problems, see something violent and then they do something, but a yes. person who's not won't. So it's, it's not really the media's fault. It's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a dual thing. Mm-hmm. However, um, when I look at gun violence in America and I look at um, uh, the way in which we are having a national conversation about guns right now, and we should be, mm-hmm. I think it's really important 
because I feel like this is my industry. This is the industry I work in. Uh, and it's the industry that I'm most proud of and, and I want to kind of celebrate and I, and I advocate for is that we need to have an internal conversation about violence in, on cinema. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when I see things like a baby in the, in the theater, I, I, I can only think about that because I think it's, it's problematic. And I think we're not having as much of a conversation about the way in which guns and violence are a real shorthand for, for something in films. Um, and I think, and I think that's, that's a conversation, but I'm, but I, again, that's not this movie's fault. No, no, and no. It's not, and it's not the, you know, like it's not on this movie to talk about that, but let's, but, but, I, but, but it happened in the last screening of this I went to as well, yeah. you know? And so I was kind of just thinking about that a lot. And again, and I, and I think part of maybe the response to that was, I felt, I felt the film was kind of a bombardment of violence and a bombardment of, of, of gratuitous violence without consequence. That's kind of what the movie is about. So, you know, like that's kind of what this character is about. So it's just a sort of, icky icky sort of territory where i'm like oh i don't want to like suggest that you shouldn't be doing this but i want to suggest that maybe we should be having a conversation surrounding this i i I wouldn't ever suggest for example we should pull this movie from the theater or, or that you shouldn't go see it for that reason i just think we should have a conversation about it given where we are politically the climate that we live in with that in mind. Sure. I think that the violence and it's interesting the violence in this film and i would even say mostly in the first weirdly enough the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. when the baby would have been awake. yeah when the baby would have been awake yeah uh and not being jostled at seat by dolby atmos yeah um is it's done for pure spectacle yeah and it was interesting there's other sort of violent stuff in deadpool one that's done for pure spectacle but this is where i'll say structure matters when it comes to displaying violence, even violence jokingly or supposedly just at excess. Yeah. The, the violence in Deadpool one, like when he's hunting down, trying to find where Francis is, it's because Francis and his organization has tortured and, and is really destroying like every like horrible, like it just, it's set up how bad those people are. Mm. And that in those cases, when Deadpool was going through and sort of like, even though he was killed to do with a Zamboni or something like it's just it's funny but it's also like all right these are all i've i've seen that these are all bad people and for whatever reason i just i'm it's a different it's a slightly different conversation but i'm getting back to what you were saying in this film in deadpool 2 it opens up with him just being like i'm cleaning up criminals and it's just a 10 minute montage of fucking death yeah and i was just like i when i was watching it i was like fuck i hope this is not yeah. What this movie is. I, I And I felt like they got a lot of that out of the way in the beginning. And then there's sort of like any other violence is not just like action scene violence. It's like it's like uh, uh, <laughs> a parachute going into a wood chipper or like yeah. some like it. It's still like my, I guess my point is. I don't think you're 100 percent correct. And there, and there is a um, there is a correlation uh, involved. And I don't think that. I, for these for these just this is just my opinion I, I think that you can do this movie could have done exactly what it did and get the exact same effect having lost a lot of the fight scene gore i i again i think i what i want to do here is is say that there's nothing in the film that is uh necessarily wrong i just think that there's something there's a conversation to be had around that right that's what i was doing i was and, having the conversation and, you know, no no but but i but i what i i guess what i'm saying here is that we don't have to dissect this film to have that conversation. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's more, it's a broader conversation about the way in which violence 
in cinema permeates our society and can affect uh, just our kind of thinking about it. You know, in much in the same way that 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 we should be having a conversation about pornography in society mm-hmm. and the way pornography kind of permeates our culture in terms of the way we look at gender gender normalization. I think that's a broader conversation. It doesn't have to happen specifically about this film. Yeah, and uh, I also think, and we're going to get into a little bit more of this. Almost this, this is definitely a touch point in this film and in cinema in general. There's another touch point that I'm going to get to later when we get into a little bit of spoilers about sort of how the structure of the actual story works in this film. That is, again, another thing that uh, I think is 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 problematic toward the way we look at certain people and characters. And so I think that there's just uh, there's there's stuff to be talked about that we cannot get to, obviously, in uh, so in a Deadpool. So 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 come. So so sitting that that aside, uh, I will say this. Um, There is a scene up front that happens in this movie that really just put me on the back foot for the for for, for almost the entire film. And and it's it's something that you're alluding to as well. Yeah. Uh, And I and, and it was a case of just being like, oh, are we doing this story? Are we actually doing this? And 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 it wasn't a case where, um, I know I'm, I'm being vague about it, but it wasn't a case where I was like, oh, that's the a bad story move. It's just that it was kind of a boring story move and I was uninterested. And then the film kind of followed on from that. And I, I will have to say... Um, while I think uh, in comparison to Deadpool 1, I think this is a more ambitious film. I think this is trying to do more with that character, and I think it's trying to do interesting things, which was my big complaint about Deadpool uh, 1, mm-hmm. which is I thought he was a great character in an average movie. In this case, I think this is a more interesting movie, uh, but I can't, I, I really can't say anything. Any, I, and, I, and I tried to break down every single story in this film when I was writing my notes up about this. I, I, I would say none of the stories landed for me. Hmm. No, no single story in this film actually landed. And I think there's a lot of different stories here, and I think they're all kind of interesting, but none of them actually worked. Uh, and it's one of those cases where I think this is one of those films where um, where there's a lot of ball juggling going on, and they're trying to do a lot of things, but for me, none of them really worked. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being 11 <laughs> years old. Did you just replace plate spitting with ball juggling? Yeah, I did. I replaced <laughs> plate spitting with ball juggling. I prefer to juggle... <laughs> At my circus, okay, we we I'm juggle. Sorry. I'm the worst. We can't afford the plates. To be okay. I'm so sorry. That was the most juvenile <laughs> bullshit I think I pulled. No, no, no. Time. It is entirely appropriate for this film. Okay. Um. So uh, I, I. So let me break it to you down like this. I think if you enjoyed Deadpool, um, and you sincerely enjoy the character, this is a film for you, obviously, because I think it actually does some more interesting things. Yeah. For me personally. I I I appreciate that that it that it was trying to do more interesting things. I can't say any of it actually landed for me. And the things that didn't land for me in the first film kind of landed worse in this film. Um, it's like a so, worse superhero landing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like it was like the superhero landing where he lands and his knee caves in. Uh, I mean, I would say the comedy was there and and I, I sort of got it, but I can't say I ever really, really laughed out loud. I will, you know, that's a that's a personal taste kind of thing, but I find I find a lot of the the sort of inside superhero jokes to be to be kind of like inside baseball, whereas they're where they're not clever, they're just kind of pointing out the thing that's there. And I was like, eh, okay. It's 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 I, I get it. I can see how that could be funny. 
I don't. I didn't really, really respond to it. Well, you don't I, enjoy the stuff it's referencing. That's like, like if someone made an actually legitimate, hilarious baseball joke. I probably still wouldn't laugh at it because I don't understand the 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 the, the structure it was built upon. No, but it's not a case of not understanding. It's a case of just going, okay, yeah, I get it. Understanding is the, the wrong term. Yeah. It, um, Whereas you know, and I was trying to think about my response to like Thor Ragnarok, which I thought was genuinely funny, and mm -hmm. I think the the reason Thor Ragnarok was genuinely funny was because it undermined what we understood about Thor as a character. Um, and I thought that was funny. It was basically underplaying what we understood. And I, whereas this was kind of um, just pointing out the things that were already there. And I, and, and again, I can see how that would be funny. My audience did laugh a lot. You know, I just kind of uh, was sort of like, mm, okay. Um, again, that's more of a me thing, not a not the movie thing. You know, mm -hmm. like people were laughing. Um, I'm surprised um, by David Leach's direction in this film. Um, because I saw John Wick uh, over the Christmas break. Yeah. And the thing about that film was that there wasn't a film I particularly loved, but the action scenes made me sit up in my seat and go, Oh, yeah. okay. I get it. I get why this film exists and I get what this film is doing. And I, and I think the action sequence and the choreography and what that film was doing in terms of that was exceptional. Mm -hmm. And whereas this was a film where, um, the action scenes felt kind of like any other action scene to me, you know, like there was one that I thought was particularly good. Which one? Uh, I mean, if it doesn't spoil anything. No, it'll be a spoiler. Oh, okay. so, I so I won't say it. There was one. Call that, it out when we get there. Yeah. W that I thought was particularly good. But other than that, I kind of was like, oh, you know, just sort of prototypical, you know, fighting mm -hmm. and chopping and shooting and stuff. So it didn't really land me. And then narratively, there are three... Uh, sort of central storylines running in this film uh, that have to do with family and abuse and and you know like getting over you know getting over who we are kind of thing and I can't and I and I think the th none of the three were done in a way that was either convincing or compelling to me um, you know the first one starts off with a kind of really sour note and the other two don't feel very developed um, so uh, that's that that's a weird thing for me to say because I I'm, I'm basically saying this movie does more and has got more on its mind. I don't think it kind of particularly lands and I want to get into why I don't think it particularly lands in spoilers, but, but that's where I am with this film. And then, gotcha. and then, you know, there are a couple of things that put me on a back foot right to begin with it, with this film. I either disagree with one or two of your three, but I don't know. I, we're going to have to talk about we're it gonna, when we yeah. get into spoilers. So let's do that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this would be where a music sting would be <laughs> if we had a music sting. Spoiler uh, town. Spoiler town. Let's talk about the scene. Let's talk about the backfoot scene because it threw me it threw me for a loop too. Uh Vanessa, um, yeah. played by uh the wonderful whose name I butcher every time, Morena Baccarin, mm -hmm. um, is is, is there, there's a bad thing that happens at the beginning of this movie. Basically, uh after Deadpool goes out and slays all the nameless goons, uh they have a, a nice funny back and forth, and then they're talking about um the uh, possibility of having children together, uh, which I thought, um, and Jamie pointed this out too, and I really I, I liked this. It wasn't it wasn't the um, the typical masculine like like oh I'm not ready for this. Like they yeah. make a joke about like which is my life. Yeah. yeah, but like do you know what I mean? Like it was nice to see a character, a, a male superhero character, psyched. Yeah, uh, to do it, and the 
and then one of the goons uh, followed Deadpool home, and to do the best of his ability, uh, he tries to protect uh, Vanessa, but he fails, and she gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of got, you get that a little bit alluded in the beginning because there's a joke with uh, Hugh Jackman and and Logan dying. He's like, Logan died first. Well, now I'm going to die in the beginning of my movie, and blah blah blah. So yeah, you well, know, he's, he's committing suicide, and we presume it's because of uh, because Vanessa is not there. Anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you assume that in the beginning, but then you kind of jump into exactly wh- how and why she's not there anymore. Yeah. And she dies. And then uh, it goes straight from that death into a Bond movie-esque opening Mm -hmm. that I was like, what the fuck? Like, it wasn't wasn't enjoyable or fun anymore. It was... uh, Okay, so there's two problems. One, I really like the character. So it, you, yeah. I, and, and, and because it went right into uh, a silly opening that was basically poking fun at the death, like the credits even in the beginning for the people were like brought to you or like, um, you know, it was like, wait, did they really kill her? Like yeah. the, like in the titles and things like that. Which, which, which comes across slightly like, ah, look what we're doing kind of thing. And I think that's part of that humor problem that I had, which was I was like, I don't think that's funny. Uh, like, and, and not because killing her is wrong. I just don't think it's very funny. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I don't think I think there's a definite I, and I think that could be solved, honestly, uh, in the edit yeah. in a weird way, if they had the footage to sort of get around it, because I this is a comp, this is a complicated cinema issue. Right. Uh, yes. Let's talk about the easiest thing to pick apart. The tone shift between Vanessa dying and the Bond opening credits with Deadpool sticking his ass out wearing high heels. That's fucking bad. That's just bad editing and bad pacing to get you through there. Because I was like not in the mood to laugh. Right. Like and they go right back into this thing with the Celine Dion song playing behind it. And it was just it did put me on the back foot like you said it did for you. And then the film fought back to get me back. But like I feel like it lost a good 15, 20 minutes of me of pure enjoyment for me as it as I steadily climbed back. And then let's, well, let's talk really fundamentally about Vanessa's death and what it means, which is, you know, like obviously the trope is that we need to, you know, we need to put uh, Deadpool in the worst possible scenario uh, in order for him to fight back and regain his humanity again. And um, Gail Simone is the author of the, of the, the famous fridging article, you know, know, women in fridges, women in fridges. Um, And she, she's even said that she doesn't actually think that this is a a case of fridging uh, because of something that happens later on in the film. Um, But, but, besides all of that i just thought it was boring you know what i mean like like i just thought it was a boring way to start your movie and it was uninteresting and i didn't and and it's like and i was like oh this is the thing you want to do here and i was like no okay fine let's do this but i was like it's just boring and i don't care and i and and like it, it 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 kind of shows a it, it it starts you in a way that feels pretty tropish to me and and like uninteresting and I was like you're really gonna have to work to earn this back and I don't think the film earned it back to me and and I just want to like really say the the when the movie opened and he's you know trying to commit suicide and the song I'm all out of love by Air Supply is playing I was actually interested there because I was like oh maybe Vanessa left him yeah and maybe Vanessa got tired of his shit and left and I was like oh that's an interesting story and I think that would be an interesting film but then we find out she dies just in kind of typical sort of action movie woman yeah. needs to be sacrificed in order for male to hero to have a journey. And I was like, Oh, okay. You well, know, here we go. I have more of a problem with the trope than I do being bored by it. Right. Uh, I think that, and, and this film, cause we're already into spoilers, uh, because there is a time travel component uh, things are righted by the end of the film. Yeah. And it's a interest. I'm going to call it an interesting narrative device to make it so that this is not a women in fridges scenario. Um, the, the, 
the weird part is you are right, Shahir. You Deadpool could have gone on that journey of basically the story after that is like he wants to find meaning in, in where his life actually it's sort of framed around this thing where he kind of sees her in the afterlife ish type thing, but he he can't reach her through this invisible wall because uh, he hasn't found where where his heart's supposed to be or some like you know cryptic sort of uh, metatextual nonsense MacGuffin thing, and. He first thinks he needs to be of service and finally join the X-Men, which is hilarious on its own. We can talk about that later. And then uh, he finds out that on one of the missions that he messes up that this kid, Firefist, uh, might be the the thing that he needed to sort of, um, you know, complete himself or complete his journey or like make him a better person by saving this person who is uh, who's abused much like he was, etc. And um you could have done that without Vanessa dying. I think it, it, it's, but this now, God, this is the other side part. Again, I feel like it was done sloppy. Yeah. But there, and this is actually kind of a franchising issue minorly as well. Their love story, quote unquote, like both Ryan Reynolds and uh, Marina, uh, they their 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 chemistry is amazing. I believed that they loved each other in a real silly movie, mm-hmm. and 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 she was a Vanessa was a fan favorite of like kind of keeping Deadpool from just being the film, yeah. being uh you know a male garbage fire. Like she was a developed character, yeah. and then they just kill her. Yeah. So I'm like, it 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 didn't it. I'm all about figuring out ways to make your completed hero's journey hero have to go on another journey. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, as this movie calls out on a couple different things, that's just lazy writing. Yeah. Um, And that brings me into something that will come back throughout all of the topics of this film because it's so when, when writing out my notes for this movie, I was kind of thrown into a bit of a feedback loop overall. Yeah. How does one either from a narrative perspective or just a completed piece of cinema perspective, accurately review a film that in its parody is basically reviewing itself. Yeah. It's, it's the, the meta commentary makes it very difficult to poke holes at it because it's poking holes uh, at itself the whole time. Like you can, it's literally to like the holes we would poke are already empty and our, and our poking device is kind of like, what the, We're I'm not doing to stab anything it with a pin that we've kept in our prison pocket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like how, I mean, what do you think she How, how, how do we, how can we do this or should we do this or no, how does it work? There's a real simple way, which is that did the movie connect with you? Did you, did you find it engaging in any way? And, 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 you know, like that is, that has got nothing to do with its meta commentary. That has got nothing to do with the way it structures itself. That has got to do with like, does it work? Does the movie work? And, and I think what I'm getting a sense of from you is that the movie eventually worked. Yes. Um, it fixes and, itself by the end through the use of this metatextual commentary. I, I will say for me, um, the metatextual commentary and then a couple of things to do with the power sets of this character um, make it hard for me to be engaged in this film. Plus it starts with this trope that I find kind of boring. Yeah. And then the comedy is sort of um, not clever comedy, but just kind of like pointing out the obvious. Thing. I would like to point out, I, I, this is where I did. That's the one thing I disagree with. I don't think the comedy is not clever. I think it's very clever. It is outside of your wheelhouse uh, of what no, you enjoy, not what you understand, what you enjoy because comedy is subjective Comedy. I, so I, I think I, it's I will, clever. You think it's not. I, I will acknowledge that comedy is entirely subjective here, but but I will say that I know comedy, and and I think this was a case of <laughs> of comedy being. 
uh, uh, more a case of like pointing out things that were in front of it, you know? So like saying, uh, Thanos, you know, like, uh, take it easy. Thanos is to me kind of like not a very funny joke. Well, it's a throwaway joke. It's, it's a not, throwaway it's, joke. It's not it's, the thing that's going to be a knee slapper. Um, and there's a lot of those kinds of jokes in the film for me. So I, so, so when your comedy is kind of that, predominantly that then I'm kind of like, okay, I, you know, it's that kind of comedy. But it's, it's, it's in a similar way to like, um, uh, I'm trying to think, I, I saw the house recently, the, the Will Ferrell film. Uh -huh. And a lot of the comedy is kind of just like absurdist kind of like, these are the things that are in front of us right now. And it's like, okay, it's kind of, it's mildly funny. It's, it's okay. Sure. Yeah. But again, I, I, I do take, I, I, now there's going to be one of those clashy moments. Yeah. I take umbrage with the fact that you said in, in the same breath, comedy is subjective, but I know comedy like that. There's, well, there's, I'm saying that because you're suggesting that because I don't, care about these characters i can i don't understand no i i, I took i took back that i said understand understand was the wrong word okay. and i was saying it's it's not in, in a wheelhouse of something that you enjoy therefore the smaller more referential and i'm not saying you don't get the well, references here, let me let me put it this way okay. then, because i think what you're saying is if i really loved thanos and avengers and and that kind of world then i would find this funny and I'm what I'm saying is you can love Thanos and those worlds or, you know, and not find this funny and, and find it kind of like mildly amusing. I'm not. It's weird. I'm half saying that. I'm sorry. We keep going yeah. back and forth. I'm not saying that this is the most hilarious joke because I understand who Thanos is. And I think it's funny that Deadpool in a movie that's about yeah. superheroes knows who Thanos is. Yeah. These are all sort of if, if I was going to sort of chart the path of sort of a comedy in a scene of Deadpool. Yeah. There's a lot of little ticks of referential shit and then an actual funny occurrence that probably has nothing to do with any of those things. And what I would what I would honestly uh, equate that to is sort of riding a little bit of a wave of like, oh, chuckle, chuckle. Oh, that's okay. Like, and I'm not saying I laughed out loud at a lot of these things, mm -hmm. but like there's, there's a different sort of level of like keeping momentum for a joke going. Right. And all of those small moments, if you are interested in the material in which they are referencing, right. will keep you and make even the bigger jokes that aren't even about that sort of shit hit. So here's, here's just my counterpoint to that is that you can be interested in the material that it's referencing and not find it particularly hilarious. Like for example, I love the Goonies. I love the fact that Josh Brolin was in the Goonies. Mm -hmm. I, when they say, watch out One-Eyed Willie, I don't think that's a particularly clever joke. I think that's an okay reference point to what we're saying. And mainly, it's a reference point. That's my, that's my kind of thing, which is like, you know, it's that kind of comedy that kind of like, and, and I think the, the, you know, to the point that you pointed out as well, when the film kind of actively pokes hole in itself about it you know mm -hmm. like that's lazy writing yeah. or what you know did you just actually kill her those are moments where i'm like oh okay i i, I don't think even that sort of like acknowledging that the joke wasn't that funny kind of helps the joke no i agree i agree with that but i think that's a different uh, a, a different thing because there's, there's a difference between a clever reference and a good joke right and i don't think a lot of the references i i, I think they're 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 not both the same thing in this movie and and there's so many of them it's hard to like go through i'll have to watch it again and sort of see if mm -hmm. it sort of lives up because again this is something i'll say straight up no matter what your wheelhouse is in comedy half of the fun of this movie is sort of trying to find all the fun little nonsense things that they that they put in or like references you might understand right. now having seen it and knowing basically where all of them are, I'm wondering if the, the excitement that maybe I had about them and it like in the moment of like that little dopamine hit you get in your brain when you yeah. understand a thing that like maybe not everyone understands. Yeah. If that's, not, if that's going to lessen over time, I imagine it would. Do you, do you think that the audience for this film 
like doesn't get all the Avengers jokes I or think, the DC jokes. I or, think a lot know. of them, they might not like the DC one, like, Oh, you're so dark. Is this the DC universe? Which yeah. I don't think is a funny joke. I think yeah. actually in the trailer, it's brutal. And in the film, it's just okay. Yeah. Um, the, I, I think that type of thing, most people will get, I think the, Hey, big guy, sun's getting real low. Yeah. I don't think people, even in Thor, a it's, lot of people. It's, it's odd because that's the same joke that Thor did. I know, and it was like, oh yeah, okay. I it, guess we're doing it again. Honestly, I would have, I would have cut that line yeah. out at this point because yeah. they got to it first. Yeah. That's just kind yeah, of how it is. Kinda, Unless yeah. you were going to reference you referencing the reference, like yeah. do you know? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, and that's something that would be very Deadpool. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I just think that. So on average, sorry, yeah. I want to answer the question and yeah. then we can uh, move on to whatever we want to. The, the, I don't think the majority of people will get all of the references. I think they 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 shotgun blast you with a ton of of references knowing that out of 10 references maybe the average person and not the same ones will get two. And they're 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 scattershotting their sort of their comedy to get all around. Now, the is that effective for for individuals possibly in in the moment no is it effective for um uh, uh, i'm gonna use the word but i'm gonna laugh at it after i say it. society mm -hmm. yes like if you look at all the data versus how many people got the like they're 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 hedging their bets they're not betting like like all their money on 13 black they're putting they're spreading it out everywhere here's here's an easier way to do this what's a moment that you thought was really funny i thought the a uh, wait which kind of joke just just a moment in the film that you thought was really funny. Uh, I thought the uh, and I'm going to get into spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. The Brad Pitt uh, cameo was mm -hmm. hilarious because it was so short. And fun fact, he worked for scale. He only yeah. made like nine hundred dollars in the film because David Leach used to be his stunt. Uh, yeah. Performer yeah. Which ago. is so it's so funny. And again, yeah. that's a meta thing that I love about this. Um, I also loved the uh, the 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 build. This is a long joke to pay off, but the build even from the trailers of X Force then just becoming a joke where they where X Force is literally not like it's X Force for maybe two minutes, right? And they all die horrible deaths because they're not trained. I think that 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 actually is one of those jokes that would have landed for me if I was watching the trailers, you know. But like I don't watch the trailers, yeah. so I was like, when X Force happened, I was like, oh okay, cool. And then they died. I was like, they okay, made such cool. a big deal out of it and then i think honestly is it peter or kevin i can't remember the peter peter yeah uh the peter joke is one of the funniest things i don't know why it's the guy's delivery it's yeah. it's the way it's a it's a decent structure for a joke but it, it the the dude's delivery between him and ryan reynolds is just so priceless in that interview room and and then the fact that he's just jumping out of a plane with these super powered people. Yeah, he's he's from the show Catastrophe, which I have not watched, but, uh, I, but he's got a big fan base. Yeah. That guy, Peter Delaney. Uh, so so there are moments that I legitimately laughed out loud. I I I actually and this is, but then there's also moments that like I fa I I know when there's something that's good and effective and something where I'm fanboying. Yeah. And by that I mean I when I first saw Juggernaut. Yeah. I don't think that's good. I, or clever or whatever, but I fanboyed. I was like, oh my God, it's juggernaut. Like yeah. I didn't figure it out quick enough. And then when I figured it out, I was so psyched. Yeah. But that's not coming from a thing the film did. Right. That's coming from the film showing me something I already understood. Right. So there are different, I, I can differentiate my moments of enjoyment of the film between I understood that reference and what I legitimately think is funny or cool. Right. Um. But I also get that, 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 that that's not, 
a thing for everybody. It's not, and, and, and I don't want to say like, I would never say to anybody, any of my friends, go see this movie. It's hilarious. I would look at my friend and be like, okay, what I know about you about this, 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 right, this, right. and this, uh, you might like this or you won't like this. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's weird because it's so complicated. It's this is the dumbest sentence. It's complicated to talk about Deadpool too. <laughs> yeah, no, but and that's what we're here to do. I think, I think, you know, and I think I said this up front as well, which is that the, the comedy was more, missed and hit for me, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I think a lot of it was, uh, it's not, and it's not necessarily missed because it's also like on paper, I get that, that this is the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't like, it, it didn't like make me laugh. And, and I think one of the, the tenets of comedy that's really important to make you laugh is to surprise you in a way to like, to set up an expectation and then to subvert it. And, and I think there wasn't a lot of that in the film, you know, I'm like, maybe, maybe the X-Force thing would land better if the expectation was that I'd seen the trailer and I knew that X-Force was coming and then the subversion of that was that the yeah. that the X-Force all died or that you get a hero like Peter in there, you know, like, and and that's subverted. I, I The thing about the, the, I guess a lot of that as well, hmm, I'm trying to think of uh, um, what we do in the shadow, Taika Waititi's film, sure. and and uh, the IT guy in, Taika, in Taika's film. I felt like Peter was kind of sort of that joke and done less effectively. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of just, I read it and it was like, okay, I get it. It's funny. It's the same with the sun is the sun's going down, you know, like the, the sun's going down, whatever. I was like, I get it, but I'm not like, I'm not like laughing out loud at it. You know, like I'm kind of like, Oh, it's, it's, yeah, I get it. I, I, I think those two jokes that you just referenced are, are different. I think the, the, the the correlations between what we do in the shadows and this it's you're right it's the same type of character and the same type of joke i think the actors playing them play it differently yeah and i like the differences there like the subtle differences about how their characters actually interact in this basically fantastical world and that's where the comedy comes from where uh let me ask this did you is there is there any moment in this film where you actually laughed out loud at all I can't really recall okay that's fair yeah but i didn't like again i didn't think it was like Oh, this is not funny. Of course, you know what I mean. It was enjoyable. It was, yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, this is you know what we're doing. One thing I when I saw it, I thought you would really like, and I'm I'm sad you haven't brought it up yet, so I'll bring it up. Uh, is in the first film, Deadpool references like this. Why is that mansion always empty? It's just you right, and right. and whatever. Uh, in this one, he's in the mansion where he's becoming a recruit, and then he's like, where is everybody riding around in Professor X's chair? And then you just see one quick shot of all of the X-Men, the current generation X-Men, just slowly closing the door. Yeah. I thought I thought you would eat that shit up for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I was, why would you think? I thought I, I, in the moment, I was like, Shahir's going to love that moment. And I, and I was just like, because it was kind of a balance of... Um, movie knowledge of why we can't have all these characters in yeah. the same thing versus contracts versus all this shit. But also, it's literally the movie, like it's it's the characters that are normally serious not taking themselves seriously, referencing a problem, not a problem, yeah. a a a hurdle in the film industry. I guess the thing though is that that was a joke that was told in the first movie without showing everyone. You know, I know, but now you see everyone. Us, I don't know. You know at what the I mean? moment, I don't know. I I, for, I thought of you in that moment. I'm like, he's gonna like. This. You know what? You know what the thing is about the comedy here that I was trying to think about, and it's hard to quantify this. Um, but there's an element of um, trying too hard in some cases and and Deadpool has a like there's yes. an air of like trying too hard a little bit and like like and I, it's this is a hard thing to quantify as well because I was like why does Thor Ragnarok work for me because Thor Ragnarok doesn't feel like it's trying too hard with the comedy it's just putting up scenarios that make it work and 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 that's a really hard thing to quantify but that's an air of what I was like okay 
You know what I mean? And here's the weird thing about it. Deadpool, and this is so, this is, I'm, I'm like literally making, the movie and the character are making the excuse for itself. I'm just relaying it. Yeah. The character of Deadpool is literally the embodiment of trying too hard. Yeah. So like, even for instance, and it happens a little bit in the first one, but a lot of people, I was reading reviews of this film and they're like, oh, a lot of the jokes feel dated. The yeah. dubstep joke, the Age of Ultron joke, the, you know, whatever, all these jokes. But Deadpool, and again, this doesn't help a general audience, but yeah. Deadpool as a character has always been annoying and has always been like five years behind and gets sort of like called out on his, he makes, he's referential, yeah. but his references are all old. Yeah. So like, it's a, it's this weird thing about like, well, the character it makes sense for, but the movie doesn't do a great job setting up why that is. And then if they did set it up, would it still be funny for the certain people it was already funny for? Or would it just not be funny for anybody? And you fall into this weird yeah. trap of because the film, again, pokes itself enough holes where it already looks like Swiss cheese. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to put this cheese poker down yeah. because you can't do it. And I do like I do like what you said. You're like, yeah, did it work for you? And I I do think it worked for me for, for the majority of it. There right. are issues with it still. Yeah. I, I don't particularly think the Vanessa thing is I mean, I'm glad they reversed it and they were able to go on the journey and still narratively fix that thread where I'm like, okay, like it's it's fine. Because, but that's like the weird, like, that's even a meta story thing, too, because, like, is it fine? Because technically it never happened. Yeah. Like, and, and then and, you, and, ah. and it's hard to, like, for me, it's hard to, like, invest in stakes of events and action when we ultimately know this is all, you know, this can either all be undone because there's a time traveling device in here or that one of our characters can't die. You know, like, and in fact, two, two characters basically can't die in this film. Um, so, Domino. You know, like essentially, oh, like, yeah. you know, like two characters just can't die. So it's like, it's hard. Um, it's hard to get that. I will say. Zazzy uh, Beats killed it, by the way. Zazzy Beats is great. I, you know, I love her in Atlanta. So, I, you know, it was nice to see her here. Um, I, I thought the, the scene that actually worked for me the most in terms of like choreography and action was her scene because I was invested in like, oh, what is her power and how does it work? Yeah. And I and I love like seeing the sort of uh, Rube Goldberg machine of like how luck works for this character. And I thought that was like an effective uh, translation of her powers into an action scene. That was the one scene where, you know, I sit up top. Oh, yeah. One scene that like really landed for me in terms of like action choreography. And that was it. And I think the film, and this is to the film's credit, it, when it has moments like that, it realizes it has moments like that. And and whether or not this works for people individually, but it calls out that it has moments by that like that because it, during this, they're talking about like, it's not even cinematic what yeah. your superpower is. And that it's the most beautiful shit you've seen. Yeah. Uh, and then even beyond that, they reference like the the original one of the original creators of Deadpool and how he can't draw feet. Rob Liefeld. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it sounds like a power made up by someone who can't draw. Feet. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I I thought I thought that were again the, the, there's a sort of uh and this is just, this is again not to do with this film but it's symptomatic of yeah. like the way movies are made now is like um is that there's a big CGI-ness of it all and they even call it out when there's a big CGI battle. Yeah. But I was like but I don't you know like But you're still I'm, doing it. <laughs> you're still doing it and I'm still watching it going this is a big CGI battle that I have no interest in. Whereas in John Wick, a movie I didn't think was that great had action scenes that made me sit up and go I want to see where this is going and I really am enjoying 
the choreography and the power of these scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's, it, it's just tricky because the, in a way, you know, like what you said, where the film kind of, uh, disenfranchises your ability to poke holes in it. I think in a way it actually invites you to poke more holes in it because it's always poking holes in itself. And you're like, well, in a way you should know better. You know what I mean? Like, like, like for example, the, if, if, you, if you're so metatextual, if you know every pop culture reference, you should know that killing the female protagonist at the beginning of the film so that the hero can have a journey has a pop culture reference. And they don't. And, you know, and, and, and they even, even the writers said, oh, we didn't know that was a thing. I was like, well, you kind of know everything else is a thing. So yeah, why don't you know that thing? Why don't you know that thing? And then, the, but I think they, they get around it or they probably, again, I don't know, I was not in the writer's room, but they <laughs> think they get around any sort of problematic things because in the end of the film, granted, it's post-credits, yeah. uh, they, uh, they fix it, quote unquote. But and the fixing of it undermines the entire film. Like it kind of like it. Just, yeah. It just kind of undermines what we're what we're doing with the whole film. So on one hand, you have uh, a, a strong emotional, um, uh, uh, I'll call it a, a epicenter that then causes a character to go on a journey and and grow and do good in another character's life. Yeah. And that's good, even though there was a sacrifice. There was a there was a bad thing that happened in the beginning. But then it all goes away. So yeah. then it's so then that doesn't matter. But the good, the bad thing that we were all upset about doesn't really happen. So like it's this weird balance. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if maybe maybe even thinking about it. I think I like what you said. Did did you, did it work for you in a sense of that you enjoyed it or not? Because the more, the more you do things like this, uh, the more I, I can. I, my brain works in weird binaries. So yeah. like, if I think of a, of like of a logical reason for a, I could probably think of another logical reason around it. And this film has been just a feedback loop of yeah. nonsense for me. Um, one thing, real quick, before because we are getting sort of near the end, and I, we can keep going if you'd like. But I do want to talk about Josh Brolin's Cable, mm -hmm. and the only reason I want to talk about that is because this movie, and this this is the, this all ties back to everything we've talked about. Josh Cable is a shitbox character. Right, he was developed in the same time Deadpool was, but that gritty '90s garbage era of comics, and no so one really middle kind of feeling. Yeah, no one ever really knew what to do with Cable. So they once they figured out what to do with Deadpool, they kind of threw him into Deadpool's comics as sort of like the straight man yeah and it works because he's this weird gritty old school masculine bullshit character from the future who has a tragic backstory and blah 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 yeah, blah yeah. blah um and putting him as a foil to deadpool works what i like about this and actually movie bob said this uh on his review and i'm glad he did because it was resonating with me in the film as well this movie knows that cable is bullshit mm-hmm it treats Cable like bullshit. Like, it, it, it shows Cable the character. Like, it, yes, he has a cool force field and he has a big gun and, like, you know, whatever. But every time it gets too macho masculine garbage, the film itself cuts it down. And by the end of Cable's journey, he's still grizzled and stupid, but he, I, I thought, even, even in, in the, <laughs> this is the weird thing to say, in the stakes of the film at the current moment, mm -hmm. meaning he uses his one time jump to save Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, it felt good to me. My eyes were rolling in the back of my skull right now. That moment was like, oh boy. I yeah. liked it. Really? I was, it was, you know what it reminded me of is in uh, spoiler for Avengers Infinity War. So okay. this is a, like a hard spoiler for Avengers Infinity uh -oh. War. Oh, so give, uh, if, you, take if, some if, time. If you have not seen Avengers Infinity War and you don't have, listen to this, don't listen to this. But Dr. Strange gives up his, uh, uh, you know, he gives up the time thing to save Tony Stark. Yep. And you, what you realize as you're watching it is, oh, there's a reason for that is because he's seen the future and he sees how this whole yeah. permutation plays. When, when Cable gives up his time jump to save 
uh, Wade Wilson. I was just like, wait, why are we, why are you doing the, the whole modus operandi of what you've, because you think that this moment is like an example of someone doing good. You're going to give up the, the basically the entire reason you exist in this movie at this moment. And this is, I don't disagree with you on a narrative perspective. A hundred percent. I don't, I think if I was just reading the script, I would be like, huh? Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, and I think it's probably because it has so many holes and it poked them themselves and like whatever. But like, I just liked, I liked that moment and I liked how, because Cable is the typical over macho bullshit grit character that we're used to in comics. And because Deadpool is kind of the exact weirdly opposite, like he has the same level of violence or whatever, but it's, he's, uh, he uh, wants, he's excited to have a family. He's, he's driven by like, what I would say, weirdly enough, he's driven, and again, I don't agree with the, the death of Vanessa, but he's driven by, like, actual love, not just... Re- isn't Cable driven by the same thing? He's driven by revenge. Like, there's a, with the, you, if you look at both of them, yeah. and you look at the way they act, Cable instantly goes into, I'm the fucking man, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and, like, really, like, no, nothing matters but fucking doing this, and raw. And Deadpool is looking introspectively as to, and granted, they kind of undercut it with the, with the sort of... Um, Killing of the guy at the beginning, where he he like jumps out of the window after Vanessa's being shot and like takes well, that, revenge. That I was gonna, yeah, but, he, but the revenge is sort of the, the revenge isn't the interest. This that's actually perfectly it. The revenge isn't the point of Deadpool two. Yeah. If his journey in Deadpool two, he gets revenge out of the way in two minutes. Yeah. The 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 journey that he takes after that revenge is done and how he lives his life is the interesting part that we get to eventually. Whereas Cable is all we're watching the revenge journey we've seen forever. And and it's interesting to see those two stories next to each other, mm-hmm. because one is a story about moving on. I mean, yeah. again, I'm getting real up up high for Deadpool, so yeah. I apologize for that. But one is a story about a character moving on, and one is a story that we've seen a trillion times about hunting for revenge. Yeah. And I like that they're both there because I wouldn't have noticed Deadpool's as much if Cable's generic revenge story wasn't also present. That right. was where I was trying to get to. Okay, sorry so it took so long. There's an interesting parallel between these yes. two characters. So sorry it took so long. I knew I could get there eventually, <laughs> uh, but it took me a minute. I think there is an interesting parallel between these two characters. I think they they actually do play in an interesting way together, but I don't think their stories are resolved in interesting ways. For example, you know, like Deadpool under under uh, basically rewinds time on his on his thing because we can now have a time machine and so we're going to go do that. Sure. <laughs> and Cable gives up the reason he was going to do revenge because of a sort of he's in a moment that I didn't find particularly emotionally resonant but the character somehow did and I was like why do you find this particularly emotionally resonant? You know, again, and, and this is this is one of those for me, you know, you're saying that there's a parallel story and I and I agree with that. I'm saying neither of the stories actually worked for me. And I and like the third story is is Russell's story of like overcoming abuse and realizing he doesn't have to be this violent person anymore uh or or he doesn't have to take revenge you know and that's what did pull I, I thought that story didn't land either mm-hmm. because i wasn't like that invested in what is happening with him um i i think you know that's that thing where this film is 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 trying to do a lot of things and i think on in a way if they sort of I think of the film focused more onto like what are the, what is the essence of each of these stories, and let's make sure we play to the essence of what these stories are. Then I think it would be a better film. An example of this, which is not a comedy, um, but I think does this really brilliantly, is Ryan Johnson's Looper. Ryan Johnson's Looper basically does almost the exact mm-hmm. same three stories in this film, um, but does them compellingly and resonantly, and and makes them all land. And I and I, and I, and I was like. 
these these I I see what they are. I think they're interesting. They're more ambitious than the first, but they don't land. I think uh, I I 100% agree with the looper analogy. I also do, and I've said this before. There is only so much weight you can staple to the structure of a film and the more you can the better a filmmaker and it all works i'm saying i'm not saying deadpool 2 is an example of this i'm saying in general for cinema the more you can put onto the bones of a film and it all still works and functions but the weight is still more and more and more i feel like it's a better film because you're you're balancing more plates or 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 whatever the the what deadpool 2 does is it does it 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 has a nice structure and then it just loads that structure with jokes as opposed to more meaningful stuff on that structure. And that I do think does make for a, a less emotionally resonant narrative. And the, the, the odd thing is, you know, we're doing that sort of meta poking holes thing is I don't think like being jokey is a problem either. Like, I think you can make it kind of just, if you just want to make it jokes, make it jokes, you know, I think they did, but, but, but then what happens is, is that this sort of complicated story that they're trying to tell gets undermined. For example, Hunt for the World of People Mm -hmm. is, is a movie loaded with jokes, but that has a core storyline that really lands, you know what I mean? And, and I think, and I think we just, we sort of get into this issue here, which is like, what is the function of this movie? And I think the function of this movie is to like, take us for another round on the merry-go-round with this character. It's a, it's a comedy that tries to sneak in, I think some smart stuff, whether or not it effectively does it or not. That yeah. is, that is up for debate. That's what we've been doing for the last hour. Yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People, you're hundred percent right. That, that is a better balance of comedy and heart, yeah. way better than Deadpool 2. Yeah. Um, but I think they just tip this. I think if that, if that was a perfectly sort of balanced drama comedy, yeah. then Deadpool comes in and puts his finger down on the comedy scale and just slams it into the ground, like the, and, or the other scale, like yeah. lifting the comedy up. So I don't know. Long story short, uh, my final thoughts, I guess, is go see Deadpool 2 if you like Deadpool 1. Also, go see Deadpool 2 if uh, you're interested in any of the things we've talked about, because I'd love to hear other people's opinions as well on how this worked or did not work for you, because I was worried we wouldn't have a lot to talk about with yeah, Deadpool yeah, 2. We, we talked about a lot. Um, and I think, the and again, it's, it is, we do this a lot with films, the conversations the film opens up are a lot more interesting than the conversations about the specific film. And I might even backtrack a little bit and say, this is kind of a weird balance of both of those because we're talking about things and issues with cinema in general, but also with the idea of how we relate or review or discuss things that are already rating, reviewing or discussing themselves. Yeah. Um, So I would say it is an enjoyable, I enjoyed it and I think it is an interesting uh, film experience, but it is not going to most likely... Um, unless you love the characters or, or whatever, have an incredible emotional resonance with you. It'll be like having a good mid tier meal and then going about your day. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, you know, I started this up front, which was that the thing about, uh, Deadpool one was that I thought, again, he was a great character in an average movie. And in what I really appreciated in this was that they tried to do a more complicated movie or a more, a more ambitious movie. They, they want, they had things on their mind and they, they are trying to play it. I just personally think that that ultimately for all the sort of whiz pop bang that this film kind of throws at you, um, n- none of it I can sort of convincingly say actually landed for me. Um, and, and you know, and that's that's how I walk out of this movie going, eh, you know, th- that was there. It existed. But I'm not like in love. You know, I'm not, I'm not kind of 
fallen head over heels in right. love with it. You know, whereas, you know, for example, Thor Ragnarok is a film that I didn't expect to like and was surprised by how funny it was and how much I enjoyed myself yeah. in that movie. And I didn't quite have that same sort of level of enjoyment here. Now that comes down to a lot of mechanics and it's a lot of, it's, it's very hard work to like balance what this film is trying to do. It's basically, you know, like it's kind of trying to do looper, but with jokes and make all the jokes funny and make the, the, the emotional stuff actually work. And and maybe, you know, I've said this a few times on the podcast, the ambition of that is is enough because, you know, like that is a kind of uh, thing that we don't see a lot of in movies. But, uh, you know, like ultimately, uh, if, 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 if I'm telling, you know, like whether to see this movie or not, um, uh, you know, the case in point here is like, I think my, I, I would show my wife Thor Ragnarok because I think she would actually laugh at that. I, I don't think she would laugh much at this fair um or or get much out of it well at the very least uh at least ryan reynolds got to fulfill his dream of shooting the original x-men origins wolverine deadpool uh multiple times gotta say ryan reynolds you know what more can you say about the guy Fo- followed by shooting himself in the face yeah. after seeing the green lantern script which actually wb responded to oh really they said hey hey uh varsity reynolds we're gonna need that ring back and then he fired back with something fun oh no it was just a funny like exchange <laughs> yeah um anyway this has been the only podcast about deadpool 2 we did it without doing a lot of meta stuff about oh ourselves God. yeah we should have been talking about uh maybe our did we do a uh, logan episode we should have we, we should have referenced, referenced a lot of our Logan up, but we should Gerard should pop up at any point. I was trying to get him. I was actually working with him last night. Were you trying to get him to? Come ah, Gerard, you you you'll have a two second cameo. Yeah, uh, somewhere in here, you won't know you won't notice, but because much like Matt Damon as yeah. the he hillbilly, was actually already here. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was here. He just didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Shahir, when you are not uh, fiddling around with a, a, a holy structure by trying to put more holes in places that holes already exist, where can folks find you? You can find me on my holy website <laughs> www.shahirdaud.com s-h-a-h-i-r-d-a-u-d Matt when you are laughing at referential jokes that that are funny where can people find you Thanos you can find me uh, balancing the universe over at m-a-t-t-h-e-w-k-r-o-l.com for my life and works also Skeletor the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter where the time this drops Shahir it'll be two days before I can actually uh, talk about my new project that I've you been working on can't talk about on. that yet I can't talk Jesus about it. oh wait can I yeah you can I sure. guess I can because it was announced okay this I'll back it up thing. Yeah, you, I'll back it up yeah. it was actually announced so I have been um, tasked by the wonderful people uh, at Extra Credits. It's a it's an amazing uh, YouTube channel that I've worked uh, with on a couple different things for a couple years now. Um, there, I have been uh, gifted the the role of showrunner and narrator of all of their upcoming videos and their amazing videos on um, highbrow gaming content, all drawn beautifully by. Um, the staff artists over there and some guest artists, and they talk about a lot of really interesting stuff about games. They have a whole history series, which is uh, one of my absolute favorites. I'm learning so much right now. They're, they do extra sci-fi where they break down the history of all that stuff, and there's a couple other shows just coming down the pipe that I'm, I'm really excited about. So I've been working really hard with the gang over there, and it's uh, it's something I'm really pumped about, and I hope that everyone will go check out Extra Credits if you already have not. Uh, it is a wonderful thing, and I am, I am truly honored 
honored and psyched to be dropping my first episode in two days. Wow. Uh, it'll be, I think, 1030 Pacific Standard Time will drop on the their YouTube page. What's for the my first. about? It's about blockchain. Have you heard yeah. about blockchain? I, I am an investor in blockchain. There you go. So <laughs> it's, it's the technology behind Bitcoin, but how we can use it for video games in creative ways and not just like mask it. We should like create a blockchain just for the Only Movie Podcast. We should. We yeah. should make uh, Only Movie Podcast coin. Yeah. And then make lots of money and yeah. then reference how we did it before the bubble burst. Yo, I think the bubble's bursting. By did the it? Way. I mean, everyone I, has a coin. Every, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, we will. So th th that's what I've been working on. Uh, please check it out. And yeah, I guess uh, at this point, we will see you next week. What are we going to see? We, uh, we could see. Well, well, let's, let's go into the future. Let's, let's, let's go travel. into the future. But I do have to say, uh, there's a 50-50 chance that the film we're going to be seeing, my expectations are already so low. Let's just uh, pour it in time. Yeah, I saw it. It wasn't good. We'll see you next week, Bye. which will be the following. No, it's back. Re re rewind. Rewind. Wait, I'm lost. I can't get back. Oh, man. Can't wait to see Solo, though.